Shall we pray? Father Lord, we thank you this morning for this beautiful opportunity to be in your presence. We pray that you continue to bless us by the speaking of your word. We pray that as you're about to have this discourse on faith, we pray that you grant us the spirit of faith. Pray that you grant us the spirit of obedience. Pray that let these words transform our lives as you be called believers, people of faith. We commit the rest of the service into your hands. Pray that being our, our midst, change our lives, bless us, and may we never depart this place the same. Give you praise, we honor your name, we exalt your supremacy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, those days, Pastor will say, I'm coming right from work. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never understood what that meant. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, it's interesting. Okay, so, um, we, are, we are looking at the six fundamental Christian doctrines, okay? And I think last week we looked at repentance from dead works which became the sermon for Sunday hallelujah so we, we spent a lot of time talking about repentance from dead works and the importance of repentance in the lives of a non-believer and also a believer we all need repentance hallelujah yes. so on Tuesday we started talking about faith which um, Cicero began okay and um, unfortunately I couldn't join but I believe those that joined were blessed hallelujah so I'll pick it from where Cicero ended and then we, we continue with, with, with the subject of faith okay so let's look at that first we are going to define faith and we will go to the book of Hebrews and anytime we talk about faith we always go to the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> so let's go to the book of Hebrews. 1 verse, 11 verse 1. Which says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. For by faith we understood that the, the worlds were created by God and the things which do appear were not made of things which are were not made of things which do appear okay so hebrews 11 1 and 2 then from verse 3 downwards to the end of the chapter is going to give us examples from the old testament okay about people and how god summarized their faith so abel enoch noah abraham sarah isaac um, Jacob, you know, in that order. Even talking about Rahab, then Samson, Jephthah, and all these people. So that is Hebrews 11. Then in Hebrews 12, he began by saying that, okay, um, we, should, we should observe them. They call them the cloud of witnesses. Okay, but, it, but ultimately, he tells us that the greatest example of faith we should look at is Jesus. So he tells us looking unto Jesus, the ultimate perfecter of our faith. 
Okay, so Hebrews 11 is talking about faith and the people of faith. So let's look at the definition. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, this seems to indicate that faith is contradicted to sight because it is the evidence of things not seen. Okay, the Bible also says that the just shall live by faith and not sight. So it looks that it's um, when you read the Bible, it seems to suggest that you know faith and sight are opposites. Okay, good. Now let's go back to where faith began in the Garden of Eden. God created man. Okay, we know God created the spirit of man and then the body of man. Good. Then God created the environment. We should understand that God created everything before He created man. So that when man came, man will not lack anything. Okay? So God didn't create man before He created oxygen. All things were made before God created man. And the environment that God created, okay, was made for our comfort so that it will sustain our physiology. Amen. So God gave us the sense organs, which are sights. Okay, hearing, tasting, feeling, and then which one? Smelling. So with our sense organs, we are able to perceive our physical environment. Hallelujah. Okay, so imagine that if you are blind, then you are one sense organ cut off the environment. You can never see. If you can't smell, okay, if you can't taste, then you are in a certain way cut off the environment. You can't fully experience the environment that God created. Are you getting it? I told someone that I'll, I'll prefer to be blind than not, not taste. <laughs> you know? Hallelujah. Now, also imagine someone who cannot see, who cannot hear, who cannot smell, who cannot feel. Right? This person is dead. Do you get it? So we say the person is dead to the environment. That's why when someone dies, that's basically what's happening. The person has lost all the sense of and the person is totally, um, how do you call it, disconnected from the environment. Are you getting it? So sight, when I use the word sight, I'm talking about the physical, our, our sense organs. So with sight, we're able to perceive physical things. Good. Now when it comes to God, because God is not physical, our sense organs, okay, do not... Um, how do you call it? Connect us to God. So if we are waiting to see God, okay, you will never see Him. If you are waiting to feel Him, okay, you may. You know, sometimes when, when you know, in worship, the presence of God is there, you may feel something, but that is not God. Or taste. Whenever I would say, oh, come and taste and see that the Lord. He <laughs> didn't say come and taste Him, literally. Okay, so with our, with our physical senses, we cannot know God with our physical senses. So then, God has made another sense organ for us, okay, through which we can contact Him. And that sense organ is what's called faith. So I want us to understand that faith is also a sense organ, okay, and your level of faith will determine how much of God you can perceive. Just as your the number of sense organs you have, okay, would um, 
just as the number of sense organs you have would um, give you a certain form of perception about the environment. So, if you have to compare faith and the sense organ, some people have small faith. It is as though for them, they are blind, they can't taste, all they can do is to hear. Do you get it? So, this person really, the world is not really real to that person. So, imagine telling a blind person that there is a sun. How can you explain? Do you get this? That is why those who do not have any faith at all, it's like all their sense organs are cut off. And you trying to tell them about God, they cannot understand. They don't even know what you're talking about. They think you are mad. Are you getting it? So, in our relationship with God, the first thing that God does to us is to give us faith so that we can perceive Him. So, once you believe in Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, which even we say is the Holy Spirit that initiates that, that process. So, He gives you some faith. So that with that level of faith, God will become real to you in a certain level. And the more you mature in faith, okay, the more you grow your sense organ, and the more God becomes so real to you. So as we are sitting here right now, we all have different dimensions of faith. And the reality of God to us is different. This is faith. So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we can't see God with our eyes. But the only way we can feel God, the presence of God, or the only way we can, in quote, substantiate the things we don't see with our physical eyes is by faith. Hallelujah. So that is faith. So how much real God is to you depends on your level of faith. Some people, God is so real to them, eh? There is no iota of doubt. Like, God is so real because they have high level of faith. And there are some of us that we are now growing. Hallelujah. So, you know, we've heard of God, eh? But it's like Father Christmas. You know, we all know Father Christmas does not exist. Right? We know that Father Christmas does. But in our mind, we know that there is someone called Father Christmas. Right? But really, you know in yourself, Charlie. And that's how some people see God. You know that, oh, God, Charlie, you've been hearing about God. But really, within you, you don't, you don't have full faith in him. Hallelujah. So that is the Hebrews 11.1 definition. That faith is the substance of things not seen. So faith becomes the sense organ for perceiving things that our physical senses cannot perceive. Amen. Good. But this definition of faith is limited. So still in the Hebrews 11, I'm going to give us a more excellent definition. Okay, so today we will just look at the definitions. We will continue on Tuesday. Now, let me, let me make it clear. So imagine that, let's say, I believe in God, right? But I don't do anything about it. I believe in God, but I, disres- I disrespect Him. I believe in God. I don't follow His instructions. I believe in God. I don't do the things that He, he tells me to do. Okay? Then there is another person who doesn't believe in God. Okay? The two of us, whose sin is worse? Let's say that. I think Pastor gave us this example like three years ago. I remember it clearly. He says that. Let me see if I can remember the subjects. I listened to it several times, so I remember it well. He said that. Let's say you have a child in the presence of the president, right? Then the child urinates on the president. You see, the child is not really conscious of who the president is. And let's say you. 
you go to Abu Fadu's office, you urinate on him. Hey! Like the two of you who be in serious trouble. You. Because you know him and you still disrespect him. But the one who doesn't know him and the, that person disrespects him is ignorance. Do you get it? Though they are all wrong. Okay? But for a believer who disregards God, for me, as I always say, you can argue about it. But for me, I see that sin more like grievous than someone who is an atheist and a person is just living his or her life normally. Are you getting this? So faith really is not just about your belief in the existence of God. But it is in Hebrews 11, 8. Which is, by faith, Abraham, when he was called of God to go into a land, which afterwards he should have received, he obeyed. So the higher definition, he obeyed, not knowing whether he goeth. So the the definition that I'm looking at is just I mean faith goes beyond just the mere belief in the existence of God to your response to the existence of God. If you believe that God exists, what is your response? Are you getting it? Your response should be obedience towards Him. So faith can be defined as obedience towards God. Full stop. That's a sense. If you have faith in God, the manifestation of your faith in God is in your obedience towards God. That is the reason why Hebrews 11 is talking about faith. But you see that all of them, all the examples that he gave, are people who were obedient to God. Faith is not in vacuum. Don't just brag that I have faith in God, I believe in God. Okay? The, the real, you know, marker that you really have faith in God eh? It's in your obedience to God. Hallelujah. So if I look at how much obedience you are to God, the things that God has said, then I know that, okay, you, you have some level of faith. If I can measure your degree of obedience to God, then I can measure your degree of faith in God. That is it. So that's why he gave, he gave us the example. Abel. Okay, what did he do? He, he did what? He offered sacrifice Noah by faith Noah walked with God walking with God pastor has taught us several times and how can two walk together unless they agree and it's not God who is coming to agree with you but it's you what agreeing with God so talking about obedience to God then he gave us the verse 8 when God called Abraham said go that was it and Abraham began to go hallelujah so these are the two definitions that I want us to look at. They are all good, okay? But I believe that the second one, which is your obedience towards God, is the true marker of a person's faith in God. Amen. Let me let me just um, end with this part then. Pastor will ask something to So now when, when it comes to faith, there are two things that I want us to look at. Um, we have what is called the object of faith. So the object of faith is the person that you have faith in. So, in this case, God will become our object of faith, right? Then you, the person who is, who is having the faith, we call you the subject of faith. So, if I use the term object of faith, subject of faith, I want, to, I want you to understand what I'm saying. So, object of faith is God, okay? And then subject of faith is, is you, the person, okay? If I say I have faith in Sarah, Sarah will become the object of faith, then I become the subject of faith, and so on and so forth. So these are two things that I want us to, to look at. So if you 
look at the definitions and if you look at the object of faith the subject of faith now how can I have faith in Sarah you know that by default human beings don't trust I hope you are aware of that that's my default I don't trust you until proven otherwise that's my default state so if I ask you to do something I think pastor has taught us if, I, if, if we ask you to do something in our mind we know that you will not do it Okay, so you look for our backup plans. If you do it, we are surprised. <laughs> we are surprised that you've done it and we give God praise. But we have our own backup so that when you disappoint, we know it's natural, it's normal for human beings to disappoint. But it's not normal for someone to be. If you see someone who is faithful and committed, it's not normal. Like that person is, is you know, living some kind of life. Okay, so for me to have faith in Cyril, one, I have to have information about him. Okay, I, I have to know him. For example, let me, we, we like relationship. For you to say yes to someone, do you think that the person came and then you, you said, um, Ella, did, did you just say yes? <laughs> okay? Ella didn't just say yes to him. But it came by information, right? So you have to know information about that person. Then after you, Then you can release yourself to that person. Hallelujah. Good. But sometimes it's not always that case. And and let, let me prove to you. Before you sat on the chair, did you examine? <laughs> did you examine you to see whether whether everything? Uh-huh. So this one, you, you have faith in the chair. The chair, you have faith in the chair. You just sat on it without any examination of to check whether everything is fine. Okay. Why? Because you've been sitting on this every Sunday. If, if last week Sunday when you sat on the chair it broke, I can assure you that this Sunday you'd have examined to see whether the, the legs are full, whether everything is strong. Do you do you get it? So when it comes to our faith in God, one initially it comes by information. Okay, so you hear about God and you examine these things that God is saying, these things that people are saying about. Is it, is it really true? If it's really true, then let me trust him. Okay? Then the more you grow up in God, okay? Then you don't even need to. Um, how do you call it? You know, as, as Pastor taught us some time ago, you don't even need to, to make sense of what, what God is saying. Because of his past record with you of faithfulness, you then begin to trust him. Hallelujah. So faith comes by information. And the more you can get to a certain level that even what, what you know when what God is saying doesn't even make sense to you because of his, his your previous history with him you begin to trust him even outside information hallelujah good so these are the introductory remarks on the on the on the subject of faith okay, the pastor has been teaching us for a very long time so faith I'm sure we are all war but we are not going to assume that you know. So we are building it from scratch. Hallelujah. So on, on Tuesday, we would, we would continue on the subject of faith. Okay. Good. So are there any questions? Or contributions? Okay. You have a contribution? Or it's a question?
said, is I want to be sure whether the information we are here talking about, like the information you are supposed to know about God, is it related to what we hear, like what Bible says that uh, what we hear or faith, like faith comes and what we hear and what we see. I don't know whether the information is related to that one we are talking about. Yeah, so if I use the word information, I'm talking about the word of God. That's why faith, as you said, faith coming by hearing and hearing by, by the word of God. Okay, so you heard the, the word of God. You know, a lot of people have heard about the word of God. Okay, it's, it's up to them to, to you know, they think about it and say, Can this really be true? Okay, if it's true, then you know, people give, give, give their all to it. Okay, but people also hear the word of God and then they've hardened their hearts. Okay, you know, they, they already came in with doubts and then with closed hearts so if you are such a person for example you are going to propose to a girl who has already made up her mind that you there is nothing like no chance at, if, if you can relate <laughs> okay so no matter what this person tells you like what woman do you get like you've locked your hearts and that's how some people are when it comes to the word of god they resist the word of god Okay, that's what the Bible says that and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save you. So people already come in, already resisting the word of God. And such a person, you know, your heart is covered. The Holy Spirit cannot really convict you of, of the word. Okay. So that's 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 a very good point. Thank you. Okay, any other contribution? the things around you so okay you said there, there is not enough right? the person I want to say you being alive is even a miracle <laughs> on its own that is the proof that God exists putting that aside okay let's let's talk about the creation of this world okay how did the world come into existence do you have any alternate answers so Paul used that approach that when you look at the things that God has made okay it is evidence that there is a supreme being. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Yes. And you can't say that God has not done much for you. Okay. If if you really analyze and you are humble enough, you will notice that there is a lot that God has done for you. Are, are you getting it? Yes. So we have what is called the general revelation of God, which comes through the things that God has created. Okay. Then you also have what is called the specific Revelation, which is by personal encounters and your encounter in the word of God, those ones are specific. Okay, but even if you've not gotten to the specific revelation, okay, just by the general um, uh, general revelation, by the things that God has made from history, 
okay, when I talk about history, Jesus Christ in history, okay, the, the Bible, the Word of God, you look at all these things and you realize that there is always evidence, evidence of God, okay, and then you, you can always have faith, even with, with the little, the little evidence you have, then the more you grow up in Him, the more you have a lot of encounters, you know, there are, there are times that you may have an encounter with God, okay, but because you really didn't know it was God, you may attribute it to something else, okay, uh-huh. but the more you grow up, the more you realize that God is so real in our lives, and there are a lot of evidence to prove this, this, this um, how do you call it, reality in our lives, okay, are, are you okay with that point? Okay, so I, th- I think our time is up, I'll leave, you know, I'll give pastor some time to add some things to go back to what I've been saying so far. Okay. Oh, put your hands together for Pastor Bright, you know, for such an amazing, amazing exposition. I think I've encouraged all of us that when you come to church and the word of God is being taught, make notes, write, write something. It's, it's, um, is the signature of every great person, including God. You, Einstein, you call any great person, great politician. That's why most people, at the end of their lives, they write a book. It's, it's like you cannot, you cannot separate it from greatness. Write something. It may be something, it may not be what he's saying, but your interpretation of what he's saying. So there are times I come to church, someone else is teaching and then I write my notes when you read my notes it's not what they have said but what they have said, you see the word of God is light so it exposes things if I came here in a dark room I may know I've entered the room but I cannot see that light oh there is a projector in there, when I look up I won't see anything but there is a light there is a fan, there is a projector all up there here, there are chairs, there is an AC, standing one, there is a pulpit, there is a, a microphone and a, a, a loudspeaker, there is a monitor. All these things I may not be able to see. So, part of the reason why you listen to the Word of God is not necessarily the information that comes. If your heart is opened, if you are eager, at the hearing of the Word, I've gone into, I've gone into James, and come back to Romans. As we are looking at Hebrews, like the Spirit of God has taken me into things. And that's the blessing of the Word of God. It's light. It comes to shine in the dark. The Bible says that take heed to, to hear the words you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are listening to or pay attention to what you are listening to. As the Word of God rises in your heart, like the day star, you see, until the day star rises in your heart, it's like light. You see, in, 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 in a dark room or during the night, everything is coming. I'm not talking about our artificial lights. In those days, there was no artificial light kind of. So when it goes dim, like if you didn't live in a village, now most villages have lights. But by 6 p.m., life comes to an end. They have a fireside where they tell stories. After that goes off, you have to go to bed. So the typical village man by 7 p.m. by 7 it looks like everything has ended this done when I was coming back from work I came around 3 something when I got to Jamestown it was like 7 p.m. 
because of lies. People were living their lives, people were drinking, people were eating, people were walking on the street. You think it's 7 p.m. What faith does or the word of God will do, as he even mentioned today, at the hearing of the word, if you are really attentive, you realize that the spirit of God will be now revealing some things to you. Other things you know already will begin to make more sense. Some scriptures, you take it to some scriptures and all that. So that is why someone who is really serious about the word of God cannot be without a pen and paper. You are like you are eager. Instruction. You are you are you are there for, for the instruction. And that's why I hold my phone. I mean, if I, I can't write on my iPad, my notepad, the number of things I've written and I've not preached into into surprise. That's a lesson for me. Like when Bright was teaching, many times it would be what he's saying, and I've made notes about what he's saying. But a lot more would be about just the word of God providing light and letting you see that there is a projector here. Oh wow! Sometimes you can see something that looks good in the darkness. When you see it in the light, say, "Hey, that's why you don't marry at night." You see, Jacob. It's not Jacob. Yes, Leah. Leah looked like it was everything he desired during the night. When he woke up, he said, "Oh, I was deceived. This is Leah. This is not Rachel." That's why the word of God is important. So when you come to church, I mean, I, I can, I can. When I look at believers, like you see, Bible said, Moses told the Israelites, "These words are life." You see, the Israelites saw a set of instructions, burdens. They saw worry, like God is giving us like many things to do and not to do. Now you can't do this. Now you can't do that. He's trying to limit us. But Moses saw life. Like it is what you see. And, and that's why Moses and those guys had life. You see, many times faith is not trying to believe something. Else. It is what you are able to see that someone else can't see. There are days that I, I watch a message or maybe read a book. I tell everybody, read this book. They read it and they don't see it. Or they hear the word I've heard. And they don't they don't see what I have seen. The problem is that. The, the, the ability to see is not there. The faith. Bible said that when Paul saw the man who was eagerly looking at him, that he had faith to be healed, he said, Stand up in the name of Jesus. This is different from what Peter and John did at the gate, beautiful. This was in the book of Acts. When Paul was preaching and saw a cripple, and Bible said that he saw that he had faith to be healed. How could Paul see? That a man who is sitting listening to the word had faith to be healed. It was because the faith of Paul would now open things that were close to him to see that this guy has faith. So I want to admonish you. Have a different response to the word of God. Just look at the word of God like if a blind man ever has an opportunity to see. Like it's like someone who has been blind their whole life has been given an opportunity to see. It is like for a believer doing the word of God, that is the one opportunity you have to see. I don't know, Heather. It should tell you how desperate you must be at the preaching of the word. Because that's what gives you the ability, as Bright is saying, to perceive spiritual things. To see you are blind until the word comes. 
He said that your words are a light unto my feet and what a, a lamp unto my feet, a, a light unto my path. You you can't see without the word. So it's like you are blind, and we brought a solution to the blindness. And that is the time we decide to be distracted. Hey, you look at all the people Jesus healed in the Bible. Blind, blind Bartimaeus. Son of David, have mercy upon me. He said when he heard that Jesus was passing, when he heard that the word was passing that way, that is the attitude. The word was passing. He believed the son of David would heal our, our diseases. So he screamed on top of his voice, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. If this guy passes, I am like this is the opportunity. If I'll ever see, if I'll ever see, that guy has been on the street, Caesar has passed, the Roman emperor has passed, the senator has passed. But he knows that no, you, you've gone to lectures. That doesn't give light. No. You you you've gone you've watched Kuku uh, Basia. It doesn't shine light in a dark place. Have to take you to, to heat the word until the day star rises in your heart. Until until that day star. You, your attitude should be like that of blind Bartimaeus. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Your deed has passed this way. But your deed can open your eyes. Your professor can open your eyes. At the passing of the word. At the passing of the word. And, and that shows his faith in the fact that what he had heard the prophet say, that, that the son of man would heal them. He, would, he, he take it our infirmities. He, the, there was something present. There was already an information present. That he takes our diseases, like he takes our infirmity, he takes them. So that was his opportune moment. There were people with eyes and we were just following Jesus for bread. He who had no eyes knew what the prophets have said that the son of David would take our diseases. So when you get into a, the, a time of the word of God, your attitude should be different. So two things would happen. The, the information of the word itself, what, what Bright has taught today, the information. But beyond the information is the light that is shown in the room. It's the day star that is rising, making you see every other thing that was dark, removing the veil from your eyes, removing the, the obstacle, what, what prevented you from seeing. And that is what I love about the word of God. If you only go to the word with an information mindset, that is it. I will not read the book of Revelation because I don't understand it. Bible says, Blessed is he who reads the word of this prophecy. I'm not even saying understands it. He says, Blessed is he who reads the words of this prophecy. You are blessed by even just reading. It, we've not even gotten here to understand it. Have you seen how the devil has prevented people? Revelation is complex. Yes. You may not understand it. And the good thing about Revelation is that as it is mentioning the things, it is explaining them. Unless you've not read it before. Yes. He said, the, and the harlot is this, and the harlot is that, and this one is this, and the, 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 
the, the husband it has explained everything in itself but you have not attempted it because there is already a stronghold in your mind you don't understand it but I said, at the reading of these words of prophecy you are blessed what is the blessing the blessing is that the word is light you, you don't need to understand right? it's, it's not that we are learning about light right do you get it it's not that we are learning about the speed of light we are not learning about x-ray the normal spectrum we are learning about all these rays and all that but then my my grandmother in the village doesn't have to understand the mechanics behind light to benefit from light oh you don't get it i'm saying that the man or the woman in the village doesn't have to understand the mechanics behind this white light to benefit when you put this light in the village it will expose things that need to be exposed that is the blessing of the word of god the blessing is you see now you go a step further if you understand that the light that's coming is in the normal spectrum it is you know traveling at this speed all those things are further blessings but the first blessing is the fact that when you put it in Kumasi, uh, 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 and you put it at Achim, and you put it at Kepos, it will shine. It will produce results. I don't know whether you are getting it. So, I want there to be a different attitude to the word. What you are putting down is what the light is showing you. As Bright was teaching, I said, wow, are we listening to the same things? I was just hoping that people are being blessed the same way I was blessed by listening to the word. As he was teaching, you know, the spirit took me to James. And he said that, you know, you believe there is God. The devils also believe and tremble. Let, let's read it. Maybe you, you. I love what he said that it's not just a mere believing the fact that there is God. No. James has already even discounted that, that assertion. James chapter 2 verse 18. Anyone there should read it. 18. That's why people think they have faith. You know, people think that who oh, I believe. You know, you, you can read quickly. James, James 2 18. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Okay. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Hallelujah. Even the demons, you see, the, the reality of faith eh, is not the fact that you believe there is God. Whether you believe there is God or not, it doesn't change the fact that He exists. The, the, the devil knows He exists. So, he's not even believing. The devil doesn't believe God exists. The devil knows. So, <laughs> you, you have not even started your journey yet. Like you get it, like because you are not trying to believe God. Are you real? Uh, you know all these things that are happening. The Christianity they used to go and they use it to capture slavery. All these things, like hey, it's a white man's religion. They've come to make us throw away our religion. Whatever we all believe in, you are still at that realm. Like you get, you are still there. You are still now saying African religion is it bad? Like they say, let good things come home. How is that thing? You are still on Facebook arguing that. You see, the demons, they, they, they believe and tremble. They, they are only thinking about you. Like, it's not just they, they believe and they tremble at it. So, you still there now, wondering whether this church still works. <laughs> it's the reason why 
The, the demons have results and you don't. Have you realized that? They, they fear God. So, when they see a higher power, they have reverence. They have honor. You, you don't honor. Like, everybody is everybody. You are you. But when the demons see a real authority, they, they respect it. Yes. When they see a real authority, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, who are you? It means that if they had more authority, they would have respected them. In the spiritual realm. That's why when you meet a spiritual person, you can tell. Canality is not what you are saying. See, when you meet a real spiritual person, he knows Anna. She knows Anna. In the realm of the spirit, you, see, when you see a real spiritual figure, you Anna. Even the demons do that. That's why you don't see a witch fighting a witch. But, but that's why Paul says, are you not carnal? If there is arguments, are you, are you not carnal? Because in the spiritual realm, you already know bright level. You, you go and argue with your lecture. You want to fail. Like, you get it. Even if you don't like the person, you, you sit there and suffer. You look at the day saying someone has said something bad. You, you just take it cool and go to your room. And now you arguing in your heart about how you didn't like what was done. I, I don't know whether I but if it's a friend, you probably have complained. In the spiritual realm, there, there is protocol. A man of the spirit has discerned the spiritual realm and knows we are not all the same. Knows that the art of life is the art of zookeeping. Equity is not giving the food of the elephants to the ants. You waste it. It's not saying that, oh, all animals must eat the same. Yesterday I saw a crocodile. They gave the crocodile a whole octopus, a big one. He just swallowed it. He didn't even chew it. They gave a chicken. He just swallowed it. You see, if you give that to the ant, you've wasted it. So equity in the spirit is not giving the same gift to everyone. That's why God won't give us all the same. It is the art of zookeeping. To know the ant is special. There is a place for you, but you are not the elephant. And to know the elephant is not the, the tiger. And to know the tiger is, is not the leopard. To know the leopard is not the... So it, 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 it's a whole... When you look at those things, you can tell who a man is. He says you believe there is God. The demons also know. And they tremble. You, you look at your belief in God. Is that reason why you, you sin? Because you don't know God is there. You are hiding and sinning. The demons, they know and they tremble. James was trying to talk about faith and works. That we can look at your actions and know what you believe. Yes. If you really believe, someone says, I believe there is God, but you know, I don't believe in Jesus. It shows you don't believe there is God. You got, like that's why Jesus came and he went hard after the Pharisees. They, they claim they believe God. But then the one he has said, they don't believe in him. So when God, did you believe in If you really knew him, like Hannah, the woman who was fasting, in the temple until Jesus came. Simeon, all those people. When they saw the consolation of Israel, they saw it. Did you get it? Like, if you know, like people who pretend like they know what's happening. Like, medical students, they say, go and listen to the chest. So, you see, Prof. Adi one day said, you should listen to the chest of someone. So, there was a member. He said, it's so beautiful. You see, the, the start in our medical school is that when we, we hear, I say we, when we hear something, I call the medical school, come and hear, it's so beautiful. Oh, they don't hear anything. Are, when they put the sentence, they just say, oh. like, 
like you it's, it's right there you know probably said it's, it's parastena he, you put a stethoscope here tell her I put a thing there can you hear it I wanted to be honest I said no he said you are not honest I said no fair I, I can't lie I've heard something he said it's so beautiful someone's disease okay <laughs> someone's valvular heart disease Someone's heart falls are not working. It's so classic. It's like when we're in medical school, they say wrong time. Hey! Asthmatic, acute asthmatic attack. Oh my God. Only God knew what we were hearing in the chest. When I became a doctor, and finally I got it. When an asthmatic comes, the step doesn't even reach the chest before you hear it. Your, your actions are based on the things you believe. So we can look at your life and know whether you have faith or not. So that's why people who claim they have faith. Faith is not just for events. Faith is a spirit. So when you say you have faith, it is not just believing God for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Your life is an expression of your faith. So you, you cannot be living in sin and say you believe there is God. Like, your actions have already denounced the presence of God and the, 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 the consequences of actions and hell and heaven. Like, you get it. You have already said these things on this. That's why you are living like this. That's why you are living in the gutters. It's because you don't think there are any consequences to sin. You said lies are in the hellfire. You don't believe that way. That's why you keep on lying. Oh, you don't like the way. Oh, you should go to the poor. It looks like the poor pit is less confrontational you know bible studies becomes like are we fighting young man relax i'm saying that faith is life the whole doctrine of james is faith that's why faith towards god we can but you like summarize it for us because we can go into the doctrine of james the brother of jesus oh what a blessing hey he's saying that your life your attitude, your decision, prayer or not, all these things like, I said if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and we said prayer is one of the highest expression of humility, humility is not yes pastor sorry pastor oh sorry sir, yes sir That, that's not humility. The first expression of humility is the man who prays without ceasing. You're not praying because of a demon. Because you realize that your life doesn't exist without depending on God. You are it. The man who has woken up from bed and just walked out into the day has believed he can do it. I, I, I got this. You don't believe in your own failures. If you have not come to the place where you can say with Paul, the flesh profits nothing. Like, the, the flesh has been judged. Like, it's not now that we judge the flesh. The flesh, our flesh has been judged to have profit. Not like, there is zero profit in the flesh. A man who has gotten the nose and listen, although I can go out there and attempt doing some things, it is zero without God. So, that is why you pray. You are not praying against a demon. You are praying... Putting your confidence in God. 
than in yourself. So when you see a man who just says, I'm busy to pray, it looks great that, oh, now our lectures, our word work, you know, cover. You know, doc, now we have word cover. That's why I thank God I am not an uneducated person. Right, can't you appreciate those things? The people who have become doctors and nurses, now they say they can't come to church because of work. Right, are you a doctor? Or you are a cleaner on the world? Are you sure? Because it doesn't look like you are a doctor. The doctors, you know, they, they work on Sunday. You work on Sunday. And you are here. How are you here? Your life is an expression of the things you believe in. The, like the things you believe in. So, before you get into a situation to believe God for anything, your life has either discounted it or not. Like as, It has proven that there should be something this guy believes. That's why he's here. Otherwise, he is busy. Or are you not busy? What will make you leave all that? Try to find a way. I'm sure there are arrangements for him to be here. Please, can I come early and leave a bit late? Can I even today? Do you know the number? Even as I'm in church, I'm still negotiating with someone for another arrangement so that I can be at the place. Why would you go through great inconvenience to, to be at a place? It is an expression of your belief. Like a man who is in church, a woman who is in church, a person who is praying. It is a visible manifestation of intangible things believed. Like you have already believed, it is settled in your mind. So a man who has gone on outreach has believed something. <laughs> Where is Anis? Anis has gone for missions. When we say let's go for outreach, like Osofo Chris, he's from Kaswao, his father from Olo, but he's in Kolebu before Olo. He has believed something you have not believed. Right. I'm saying that every action comes from a place of belief. It is not the belief that they, it is when we talk about belief, it is the conclusions you come to. And when we talk about conclusions, it's a determination of what is important, what is not important, like uh, uh, where is important, who do I honor. There are certain things that certain Things you have arrived in. That's what will make someone who lives further than all of us get here before any of us. It's something he has come to believe, settled in his mind. So now, his actions, that, that, that's the doctrine of James. I'm summarizing it. James chapter 2. He says, I'll show me your faith and I'll show you my works and my works prove my faith. That the decisions you take, if you wake up, someone says, oh, if I have time, I'll pray you look at your vacation and see. You go on vacation and see whether your the reason why you are not doing your morning devotion is because you have 7 a.m. lecture. If you like, you wake up at night and you are still tired. You realize that the things you have to do, we have to do them anyway. Because 12 hours of sleep won't give you more rest. Yes, I, I've come to that conclusion. That's why I've settled with four. <laughs> because I've experienced it 12. In fact, when you wake up, you are more tired. Or, you've not experienced it before. Like, you sleep, you sleep, ah, you wake up, you sleep again, ah, you wake up, and you wake up, and you are now, you are even slow, and you are even dull. The, the power naps are more powerful. Short one. Like, you are awake now, and then your eyes closed. When you wake up, hey, 30 minutes, you feel refreshed than being on the bed 8 hours. What am I saying? You have come to certain conclusions. 
the word of God challenges those conclusions. And there is a potential that you can arrive at other conclusions. And those conclusions determine your actions. That's the James doctrine of faith. The things I've taken a win out of pricing. So you would have thought that next week. The things you believe. So your life. See, the, the just shall live by faith. What, what, is the, what, what do we mean by that? Is that every day I believe God? I believe you are there. No. It's a conclusion. Faith is the conclusion that you have come to. Faith, there is something called the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is like every other spirit. There are invitations. Let me read something like I found in the medical textbook. Some of you haven't seen it. The whole medical school I've gone through, I've not seen it. Yes, I was reading about endocrine medicine. Endocrine. And then the summary of endocrine medicine is the uh, Michelangelo drawing where there's a man extending his hand towards you know like so that is in, it's in a textbook too, but we've not seen it <laughs> I haven't seen it ah is it also ah you've seen it ah seriously yes but there is a writing Michelangelo there is a writing and that writing is all gods and demons that have ever existed are within us as possibilities impulses Designs and finding ways of escape. <laughs> Let me read it again. All gods and demons that have ever existed are within us as possibilities, impulses, and designs. When you read the Bible, the King David kind of spirit exists somewhere in you, and the opportunity would come for you to exhibit that. The soul kind of rebellion exists somewhere as a desire. Yeah. I'm saying that I was reading endocrine. It took me like two hours meditating on this. And I see, and I saw the wisdom in it. Everything, the mattress you see in the Bible, they exist in you as hunger. A little moment of mistake, you see yourself becoming a soul, rebellion, or an man you see extending his hand towards another person. Now it's like God and then the, it's like a group of people. Those are the different desires extending themselves towards the man and it is what that man accepts at that moment like your, your, your hormones. <laughs> when progesterone rises up, it means something. When estrogen rises up, when your GSH rises up, it means it changes you. We come here, you are sweating. And all of us are in ACU. We, you don't understand that something has happened on the inside. Or you are having palpitation. No lion is chasing us. But your heart is beating at 150 beats per minute. So when someone comes and you check their pulse, 150 beats, and there is no lion chasing us. Ferdinand, you should tell you there is something happening. And, 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 and the principle of medicine, the forebears of medicine, physiology, are saying that something is extending itself <laughs> towards that man. All the demons, all the mistakes you see in the Bible are extending themselves towards us as desires. Desire. Desire. To do something, to be angry. When you see a man who was angry, 
You see their end. I'm saying the Bible is a book of prophecy because the end of every man has been prophesied. The different spirits. You see, this is what happens to a man who lives in rebellion towards God. That's so. <laughs> so, if you are living in rebellion right now, your end is prophesied. We have this sure word of prophecy. Like it will surely happen. If you, if you are desiring another man's wife, your end has been prophesied. And it is sure. If, 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 if you are Solomon and you go after strange things, you are a believer, you like God, you are wise. But it shows that there is a possibility of someone who loves God enough to build him a temple to also build a temple for other gods. So as a pastor, if you read the Bible this way, you know there are many things that are extending their hands towards you. At every point, it's like demons. In the same way, God, through his spirit, is extending his hands towards you. Pray. And, and an ability to accept that invitation would make a man anointed or not anointed. So at every point in time, let me finish there. Michelangelo drew that on the ceiling of one of the ancient temples. The Pope like ordained him. Ordained him to draw. He drew about Moses. You read about it on, on just Google it. Michelangelo. I said, whoa. There are many things you don't know. David, in your nice relationship, there are demons. The mistakes of... I'm not even talking about the demons coming. All, let, let me read it so that you, you get a context. All gods and demons that have ever existed are within us as possibilities. Impulses. Do you know what an impulse is? A kill. Something that's, you know, you are moved to do something. You are moved to be angry. You are moved. Impulses. Desires. Finding ways of escape. Within our mind, we see human and God-like forms reaching out as thoughts escape into action. So there are thoughts that are trying to escape into action. Yes. They are trying to find expression. You don't see demons, so you don't see God. But God is trying to find expression through bright. And it will come through a thought. It will come through his word. He is trying to reach out to you through his word. If you understand this, when you read the Bible, you read it differently. Knowing that all the... And that's why God will painstakingly, like, virtually disgrace some of his greatest generals for you. Look at Abraham. The father of faith. Why would God expose that he lied? Sarah. All this Bible says by faith. Abraham did it by faith. Sarah did it by faith. By faith. These generals of faith. God would not expose something. If God was that kind of person, you would have just written about the strength of something. Like how we write obituaries. <laughs> eh? I was writing on a tribute for my dad. I never remember anybody. It's like I'm having, I'm having, how do you call it, pity on his soul or something. When we finished writing it and all that, then my brother rose up and said, "It doesn't mean he didn't do anything bad." Pins. Do you get it? Like there are times then that something will rise up in your heart, and I see this tribute will write it, and he was this. You can listen to a thief who was lynched to death. Go to his funeral and hear his tribute. 
Tuba, God is not an Ataman. When he had a chance of writing tributes for even Jesus, he said there was a moment he wanted to give up on the assignment. Hey, and you, you want us to believe that you always have it right. God himself, he just didn't write about Abraham and Co. and wrote about that. Jesus, that he nearly gave up, that if it is your will, take this cup from me. He wrote that moment of weakness and the fact that angels came to strengthen him in Gethsemane. He was weak. And God was not shy of writing that, of exposing that to us, to show you that you have moments of weakness. You and I. The wisdom is knowing that, reading the Bible and knowing that Paul, you know Paul lied when he went to Jerusalem. Yes, he lied that he didn't go preaching the things he preached. Because he would have killed him right away. So he said, the reports you heard about me, Acts 27, 28, chapter 27, he had to lie to be alive. It doesn't mean you explain all the lies he told you. You know I know I was after your life, but you lied anyway. I'm not talking about that. So, my brothers and sisters, maybe today we will not preach, we just close. What do you think? Haven't we preached already? Haven't we preached already? I'm saying that there are dangerous traits that are extending their hands towards you as desires, as feelings. Hey! And these are demons trying to find expression. The same way the Holy Spirit trying to find expression through the life of pride would extend as a desire of fasting. Desire to fast this week. Desire to go out and preach. Desire to go to church. Desire to fellowship and be in the way. These are all spirits that have existed before trying to ancient anointings trying to find expression in Pastor Bright, in Pastor David. There, you see, all, that's why when Elijah, Elijah died and he, he was buried. Because his servant, Elijah, his servant, what's his name, Gehazi, didn't receive the anointing. The anointing was in the bones, there, in the, in the tomb. That when they threw a dead man into that tomb, the dead man would touch the bones of Elisha and come alive because it was never passed. All the people got at you, the Kenetagian anointing is still hovering. Just like the spirit was, you know, hovering upon the waters, trying to land somewhere. It's the same with the spirits that have come down and hovering the earth, trying to find expression through a man. That's why you can find one. Have you seen the Taliban? You know, in Afghanistan, or one man in Liberia could, could kill so many like and you are wondering this baby six months is raped and he said how callous can you be it is not a man it's a spirit that has found expression and you find out how could a man gather two million people at Madison Square Gardens <laughs> Billy Graham that is not a man that was without publicity because when he gathered, it was in the 80s. There was no social media. <laughs> but two million men and women gathered at Madison Square Garden to hear the word of God from a man who did no miracles. When I say miracles, I mean physical opening of blind eyes. One day they told me, Graham, a blind person saw in his crusade. If I did you all you have done, like your assistant comes and says, and knees comes to whisper in your ears. 
a plan I have seen. What would you do? Bring him out. Let him testify. Or is that all would have ordered? The, the mood. Are you recording this? Because this might be the sermon. The, the, the mood is electrifying. But I said, that really happens in our crusades. Yes. That's what Billy Graham said. Oh, that, that really happens. He, he's not here for the miracles. He, he's there to preach. And he said, in our crusade, salvation, pure. That's what I'm designed to do. If Jesus wants to do it on the side, that's Jesus's man. He has decided to heal a man in this crusade. It, it rarely happens. And I realized that this is a man who understood his call. Like, desperately to their call. That even when something miraculous happens, he doesn't give Jesus. Can I, can I see your shouting at all? Can I? Can I see your shouting? Jesus has done it again. Yes, we know he has said glory. Thank Jesus. Like, you get give glory to God. There, where you are. No platform gimmicks. Spirits are hovering. I think it's Michelangelo painting the head. It has now come to make many things make sense. Like, the spirit was hovering the head until he found the Virgin Mary. Hey, there were women who, but the spirit found who in Mary, and that brings us back to our song. Come and make my heart your home. Hey, where is Phyllis? Or does anyone want to sing it for her? Did they? Can you sing? Do you know the words? I think it's one of the songs that we need to understand. That's is it? Come and make my heart. So when God finds home in the heart of a man, it is like a desire. Something stretching forth. It is the same way. There is a spirit that has cut short the destiny of a man through fornication. Also hovering. <laughs> it has a feeling. I, I, my ovaries. <laughs> when you see a fresh boy, the Korean boys, or you know how the ladies do nowadays. When you see a perfect boy without pimple, your ovaries start vibrating. <laughs> it's a spirit trying to find expression. I, I, I think I should show you. Have you, have you, have you found that thing? Right. Where is the drawing? Uh-huh. Pass it around. Let everybody see. That's it. You are the man on the left. So you, you leave it like this. It's fine. I want to expand it. Just keep on. He's putting it on the church page. Yes. All the friends of Edify put it there so that as many people who are not on the page. Did they can you sing?
you know. Uh, and when the disciples said, increase our faith. <laughs> and you understand why they ask for faith. Luke 17 verse 5. Luke 17 verse 1 to 5. I think I'll we'll start from verse 1. Luke 17. Okay. He says that. Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck. And if he were thrown in the sea, than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying that I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a master seed, you shall say to your mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey. And which of you, having a servant plowing and tennis, will say to him when he comes in from the field? Let me stop there. They told him that, listen, increase our faith for us to be able to, like, forgive. He said, we need faith. Why, why do you need faith to forgive? Right. What is faith need? Faith needed for why, why does anybody, that's why I brought this subject in why would we need faith in forgiving offenses especially when it is justified for you to be offended Ferdinand, why the answer is in the fact that the one who is able to forgive has come to a place where he knows that no matter what you have done it didn't prevent me from getting to my destination if someone goes to spoil your name to another person eh Faith to believe that God will still get me to where I'm going to, despite you smearing me, is what will make you forgive. Faith in order to believe that, despite your disappointment, I will make it anyway. <laughs> Otherwise, you you cannot forgive people because people will do the most. But your faith is not in men. Like if someone promises you, I'll marry you. And gives you a promise ring, right? But in the eleventh hour, says, "I can't marry you again." Say this one, I will never forgive you. Watch it, I will never forgive you. Why? But if that person was, let's say, sorry to say, sorry to give this example, sorry, 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 for lack of a better example, let me use this. If that person was a truck pusher. Who promised to marry and you know, uh, failed? And just after he left, uh, a Kenneth Hagen with Bill Gates riches. <laughs> see that? See that combination? You know? A Kenneth Hagen who is rich as Bill Gates comes. What would you do? Father, I thank you that he broke my heart. Right? When are we normally still pained? We are only pained when we think something better left us. Yes. You or someone better left us. If you could have faith to believe that God will bring a better person, you can easily say, thank you. It was good that I was afflicted. Right? You see, Joseph said something. 
you meant it for evil. But God made it good. You see, that, that makes you live in forgiveness. No matter what you do, it works for my good. Like, this is not for kids. I don't know whether you are getting it. It is for someone who has had a solid conviction that it works for my good. Like, in all things, all things work together for our good. That is why Paul in prison, Paul was betrayed the most. But he forgave because he knew that they were all working together for his good. Even when he was sent to Rome, the Spirit testified to him that you will be a witness to me in Rome. So, the change was a way of getting there. But he got there anyway. So, he is not angry with the one who chained him. Because there is a belief it is getting me to where I'm supposed to testify before Caesar. There is no way an ordinary citizen would appear before Caesar unless in a trial. There is no way. You, you are not of noble birth. How do you appear? Those days it was the king who died before the queen of England. Right. But like probability wise. What is the probability eh, that Ferdinand would appear to have tea with the Queen of England in his whole lifetime. It is, it is almost it is almost zero. You, you can't set up a meeting with, with Biden. What's the probability that Gideon would have a meeting with President Biden in his life? <laughs> Our days. But it is virtually in the negative. I'm saying those of you who say I can't forgive my dad. Because he has done something. You don't have faith. You don't have faith enough to have believed that God made it. God brought you here anyway. Those of you who can't forgive the fact that you came from a village, you wish well, you have not come to appreciate that God brought you here anyway. Like, and God will take you there anyway. It is faith. And my father never looked after me. You don't have faith. You faith enough to believe that yes. My God didn't use my father. And you see, it's enough to understand that my parents are just avenues, one of the channels, just one, out of the many channels that God will use to, to bless me. That is why those who love parents beyond a certain level can't please Jesus. <laughs> if, you love, if you love one of the channels than the source, then you are not worthy of that channel. You have to come to a place where, yes, we appreciate the challenge, but you are one of the many. What if your parents died? Did they? Haven't you lost their dad? Haven't you made it to medical school? Are you not going to make it to a destination? That is why it is foolishness to make your whole life about him. Because even in his absence, God made a way for you. Yes! So let's say the day whose dad died. Sorry, I'm bringing it up. I've also lost the dad. You know, I was talking to someone and I said, please bring me comfort food. I've lost a dad. Like, you get me? Like, <laughs> like but I said, remember the orphans. <laughs> remember the homeless. Like, what, what I'm saying is that faith to believe that let's say the day's dad was alive and never looked after him. It's just like he's dead. Are you saying that because he's dead, you will not make it to medical school? Your fees will be paid? You will not become a doctor. You will not become a great woman. He says that anyone who loves mother, father. That, that's the meaning of what Jesus said. Above me is not worthy of me. Because family is just one channel. There are people who grew up without family. 
They didn't know it would do adopting. Like your father went to throw you somewhere in a garbage bin or something, they found you. But he made it to the top anyway. Faith. So if your father was alive and never looked after you or never did any of that, faith enough to believe that there were people who lost their fathers before they were born. <laughs> but they made it to their destination anyway. Because, so now you can forgive that person because you know you are not that powerful. Like you get it. Your, your gossip is not that powerful to stop my destiny. That's why you can forgive a gossip and be nice with them. It is happy to realize that all the news about the church, the Catholic church, you know, all the fathers, like the Anglican father who was kissing, the church would go on. The weaknesses of men would not stop the agenda of God. Like I said, they found some fathers sleeping, some pedophiles, they were sleeping with some children and all. Do you know the kind of controversy that feeds the Catholic Church? It's still the biggest church in the world. It's not the biggest church because we are fools. It's because the weakness of men will never trample the agenda of God. Never. So that's what gives you faith to forgive a friend who went behind you to go and say that Bryce said is when you didn't say you can forgive that. Yes, you went to spoil my name. <laughs> but I'm getting there anyway. <laughs> like you get it. Yeah, you, you've gone to sabotage me and I didn't write my But faith, it is faith. So when they said increase our faith, Jesus said, if you have a faith like master seed. Why is Jesus referring them to master seed? A master seed is a seed that virtually you have to struggle to see with your eye. Say so you don't need big faith, you need small faith. Why? Why do you need small faith? It's basic. Faith towards God. That brings me back to Hebrews. The basic belief in God. It is that is what people don't have. That's why the, the whole Christian life is messed up. If, if, if that one is not settled, that no action of a man, no action of a witch, no action of a hater can stop me. Like, nothing can stop the agenda of God for my life. You struggle through your Christian life. You struggle with forgiveness. You struggle with every other thing. Faith in God. Bible says, faith towards God would make you forgive someone who doesn't deserve your love. Why? Because you believe that you are not that big. Tell them you are not that big. Neither your gossip. Oh no, tell them. Neither your gossip. Or your disappointment. That is why you can allow people to disappoint you. Hello? Give allowance for disappointment. Tell them, give allowance. You, 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 you didn't hear Bright say, if you are faithful, we are surprised. Because we've come to a place where we know men. Ask Pastor Chris. Do you know the kind of people who left this church? Hey, when we started there, one of the people who left, I thought the church collapsed. Like, even music, music department, when we used to have our programs at Legon, there were people who were with us. It felt like, hey, if this gift leaves you like you are just, I'm telling you, you will make it. If God, man, <laughs> if it, there was no proof that today we'll be seated like this. Because we have services, we did everything. It's myself, Ferdinand, and this morning is bright. Every pastor, every effort. What am I saying? We appreciate your presence. But even in your unfaithfulness, is faithful. Settle that in your heart. So that when a girl bounces you, they don't become an enemy. Hallelujah. 
The brothers are pained. Someone says, I won't marry again. Like, it's just pain. It's just, it's just agony of heart. What? You marry, oh, you marry, you get, you get to, we know you get over this. It's just <laughs> faith in God. That's why what Bright is teaching is important. Faith. Faith in God. Today, let me summarize the things I said. One of the key things I said is that demons and spirits are trying to find expression through your emotions, through your feelings, through your impulses. The same way the Spirit of God is trying to find expression. And then we also spoke about forgiveness. That offenses would come. You would be offended. But to know that no matter who the offend, offender is, their, their plan or their, their work against you would never stop God's agenda for your life. It's what makes you say, I forgive you. And genuinely laugh for them. To even know that they are even pushing the agenda more. Like there's no way Joseph could have arrived in Egypt on his own to, to get into Potiphar's house. He could have only gotten there as a slave. So being a slave was part of the plan. Because naturally there is no way of getting there. Sorry to say, it, it, it's a very, very wrong example. I, I should not even probably use it. Yes, I should probably not even use it. Have you, have you watched the, the, France, the France football team? France football, the, the football team. You realize that? Almost like they're all blacks. Who is the white man in the France, in the French team? They went there as slaves. The route of getting there wasn't good. But some of them, if they say they should play for Ghana. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't get a joke. I'm saying that. <laughs> I think recently one of them came, one of the Chelsea guys came to visit Akufuado. And someone was saying on Twitter, please, don't allow him to convince you to play for this country. <laughs> you know, if you had a child who, who can play for England and Ghana, how many genuinely patriotic people would be out here to say my child would play for alongside Raza Bimpo <laughs> Raza Bimpo no it sounds like a joke all the medals that are won for America which people win those medals even the Ghanaian athletic team have to go and train in America before they go to the Olympics the blacks who are naturally there Huh? I'm saying that it was wrong. Nobody can justify slavery. But now, if a ship comes to Jamestown, <laughs> hello, should I say it again? I'm saying what? Oh, you know, <laughs> see, without gunpowder, eh? <laughs> Is that? You go. <laughs> I, I didn't even complete the deal. I'm saying that if a ship lands at James, James Town, they are saying that you don't need a visa. All you need is your body. You don't even pack your baggage. He said, We'll buy new clothes when we get there. I'm telling you. Where are people in the Syrian desert walking? Why are people trying to walk from Spain? into Europe 
What are they running away from? Wait, you see, it's you see the amnesia that we have to have think that to have thought that we are where we are because of slavery. Now, when we they say they came, they used I, I hear people say that this is the answer you must give if you hear anybody say that they use the gospel, which was true at the time, to capture us and all that. They came, they used guns, they sold people for one uh, one, one bottle of schnapps, you know, one pito, one, one, one uh, what was it, the castle bridge. And they say, oh, you. One, one tobacco. They say, oh, you know, this is foreign. Foreign tobacco, cigar. That's it. You are gone. Under, you see, under, under circumstances that should never happen in history. But look at where we have brought ourselves. To understand that when a ship comes without guns, and we say willingly, willingly, because people are more slaves here in their own country. Yes. Look, or you know, you look at the children who are on the floor. On the floor, learning. Is that not slavery in your own country? It is not right. It will never be right. And it must be condemned. But I'm just telling you that the way may not be right. But some of these people who are going to win medals have gone to rise up. The way was not good. But God took them there anyway. Man meant it for evil. Man meant it to suppress them. But they rose up anyway. I pray for you. That you'll be able to forgive your friend who went to gossip about you. Someone said, the boy liked me. And then my friend told him, I'm not good. <laughs> I have someone who said that. That a friend of mine went to tell a guy who was interested in me that, you know, I'm, I'm a sports girl. But that was my past. It's not like she was not a sports girl anyway. She was. <laughs> and did you have to fall my chance? Can you forgive someone like that? Who has come to fall? It's because you are thinking so highly of the guy who they are spoiling your chance with. I don't know whether you are getting it. You are thinking too highly of them. Faith. He said, give us faith. Increase our faith so that we can forgive. He says, you don't need big faith. You need faith like a master seed in God. That no matter what happens, the plans I have towards you are plans of good and not of evil to give you a future in the world. I hope this helps you forgive anybody, everybody, including the people who sabotage you, including the lecturer who insulted you. The nothing that lecturer said. See, let's close quickly. You know, I think one of the professors, he Prof Adi or one of them, he said he has stopped failing students. You will not get distinction, but you will also not fail. <laughs> Do you get it? Like, you will not get distinction. But then he has stopped failing students. Why? <laughs> he said there was a student who he failed. Like the student didn't do well. Failed the portal. Then one day he bought plane ticket to attend a conference in America. When he got to the conference, the one who was present, the one whose work, he has bought a ticket to attend. Was this student he remembered? This good for nothing student. So I bought plane ticket book a hotel from Ghana, trying to put it on my CV that I attended this hotel, moderated by this student who I thought was not good enough. 
Don't let any, anything men say to you put you down. Because one day they will swallow their words. I'm telling you. It, and and you, you only have that firm belief because, right, say, I'm supposed to have been the best graduating student in my class. Why? Do you think best graduating student means first in life? That is the belief. It, it comes from a place of faith in God. That yes, God, if you give me first or best graduating student, I will thank you. But if you don't give me two, I still trust you. Yes. So you can forgive your lecturer. Yes. Forgive them for they don't know what they Jesus knew something that they didn't know. And that's why on the cross, the one who was getting the nail, he was asking for forgiveness for him. He is really saying, I for, he has forgiven the person. He said, Father, forgive them. Can we rise up? It comes from faith. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. To know that someone who is doing evil to you is doing it in ignorance. When, when, when Joseph brothers knelt down before him and they called him Lord. <laughs> they called him Lord with the same person who they sold as a slave. It's a certain place of knowing that no matter what men did, God will take us there. My father may not have been able to do it. But he was just a channel. God will open other channels. My background couldn't have done it. My exposure, my friends, they couldn't have done it for me. But God had a plan anyway. Hallelujah. There was a delay. I wanted medical school and I didn't get it. And I said, I don't get to where God wants me to get to. It is that belief in God that He will take me there. Today, I don't know what you heard in church, but many things have been shared from faith. Bright's perspectives were just beautiful. Let's put our hands together for him. You know. that, that was the trigger. Yeah, that was the trigger. It, it was like a light in a dark place for me. This sermon you see me preaching. You know, received light from what he shared. I want you to begin to pray to God. And, and you know, I think Ferdinand will make the message available. This is the sermon for today. I want you to listen to it. Yeah. I want you to soak it until it settles in your heart. That nothing my parents would do. Someone raped you, right? That, that's not an experience anybody should have, right? So terrible. But despite this, this bad experience, despite this thing, I'm still going to get there. I'm still going to marry the prince of my dreams. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I'm still going to marry the I'm still going to have a, an amazing family. It is only grievous that someone I'll never marry out of this experience. Someone rejected you, right? I think one of the things we should preach on one day is dealing with rejection. Because it's not only boys and girls that are rejected. Eh? People have gone mad because they couldn't get some things. So rejected. Despite your rejection, whatever it may be, that has ingrained itself in your heart somehow. An auntie that went to spoil your mother or something.